As Father mentioned this morning already, today the church celebrates the great feast of the Most Holy Trinity. This is kind of the capstone of our liturgical year for all the things we've experienced over the last few months with Lent and then the Easter season and then we have Pentecost. This is kind of the end of that particular season, even though we've had a week of ordinary time. Formerly, there was an octave in after Pentecost, so we'd celebrate Pentecost for eight days, and then we would celebrate the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity, and then the last feast is the Feast of uh, Corpus Christi, which comes Thursday, which is transferred to Sunday. This is one of the great mysteries of our faith. In fact, when I was pulling out the catechism to look at this feast and why we celebrate it, what it is, the catechism is very clear that the Holy Trinity and why we celebrate this feast, the Holy Trinity is the most important mystery in all the church. That caught me a little bit by surprise when I read that particular paragraph on Catechism 234, I believe it is. It says that the mystery of the Holy Trinity is the most important mystery in the church. I kind of thought maybe before I read that paragraph that maybe it was the incarnation where our Lord, the second person of the Holy Trinity, takes flesh and becomes one of us, or maybe one of the other mysteries. But no, it's this, that God himself is one, but he's in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's a mystery. Now Christians in theology, we talk a lot about mysteries, whether incarnation, redemption, the second coming, The Holy Trinity. What is a mystery? We use that word. Might be when you read a good book, you get about halfway through, and you want to get to the end to find out how it ends, or a TV show, or a movie. Mysteries in our life outside of theology. We send rockets out into space with satellites and telescopes so that we can see to the farthest parts of the cosmos. Because we're curious. We want to solve things. We use our intellect, our curiosity. That's God gave us those things to explore, solve problems. Those are mysteries. I know in my own life, I have a reoccurring mystery in my life. I usually do laundry about once a week, and I have black socks, and sometimes they get little stripes on them or patterns. No matter what, when I get my socks out of the dryer, I'm always missing one sock. That's a mystery of how we experience things and we want to solve it. Theology that we talk about today, this mystery of the Holy Trinity or any of the other Christian mysteries are different. They're not something that we solve, something that God reveals to us. 
We use our faith to grow in understanding and grow in love for God and what God has done for us. Mystery is like the incarnation, the redemption of man. Mysteries like the Holy Trinity are things not to be solved, but it's an unveiling. It's an opening of our eyes and our heart to know God and know how he works, how he works on the interior of, him, interior of himself, the inner life of God, and also how he reaches out to us in faith. The mystery of the Holy Trinity, this God and three persons has been slowly revealed to us. We're children. We need things slow. In the history of salvation, God has been revealing himself as three persons, but one God since the beginning of time. We can see it in nature. We see it in Scripture. But I want to point out a few from sacred Scripture. God has revealed himself as a trinity of persons, but unity in his Godhead. First one, book of Genesis, chapter one, right from the beginning. God is telling us something about the inner workings of his own being and how he's coming to us. He says in the book of Genesis, right after he says, let there be light, he starts creating he gets to the point where he creates man. And he says this about himself. He says, let us make man in our own image. Right away, he's revealing there's something more than just one voice. God speaking about us and our own. Then, in our reading today, from our first reading, book of Exodus, God has revealed himself to Moses. He's given Moses his name. But here, Moses is receiving the second set of tablets of the Ten Commandments. He comes down in a cloud, and the Lord says about himself to Moses. He says, he proclaims his name first. He says, Lord. Then he says, the Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. He says Lord about himself three times, giving us another breadcrumb about the Holy Trinity and this mystery that we celebrate today. Another passage, and there's many, another beautiful passage is from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is a mystic. He has a vision of God in heaven and he sees the angels and he hears them. And they're crying out in prayer. And they say, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. We're familiar with this because we borrow it in the Mass. There's a prayer, threefold, holy, holy, holy. Praising God three times. And they repeat this over and over in praise of the Holy Trinity. Most explicitly, God reveals himself in this Godhead of three persons when he takes flesh, second person of the Holy Trinity, and he dwells amongst us. Thanks be to God, to our ladies, yes. So he 
lives among us. He suffers, he dies, he's buried, he rises, he ascends, and he sends the Holy Spirit upon us, the church. God revealed himself most explicitly in this way. And our Lord Jesus Christ reveals the Holy Trinity in ways that we could not comprehend. We're creatures. We couldn't really understand the Trinity regardless. But our Lord reveals the inner working, the inner life of the Holy Trinity by his life. He speaks it. He teaches it. He lives it for us to emulate. We have this passage, this most famous passage from our gospel today where the gospel of John Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus the Pharisee at night. John captures these words. says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life, might have divine life. God is love. The epistle John says God is love. This gospel says God so loved. This is the inner life and the work of God. Love. There's many different analogies that we can talk to express the relationship about the Holy Trinity and they all fail. We've heard probably apocryphal stories about St. Patrick taking a clover and teaching the pagans in Ireland about the Trinity. Probably apocryphal, but it fails. I've heard preaching on this topic about water and how ice and steam and running water resembles the Trinity. Fail. There's lots of different ways you can describe it. They all fail because Human understanding can't grasp the totality of the love and who God is. But I think just saying love, knowing that these three persons of the Holy Trinity love each other and love us so much, this is probably the best way that I can find to describe this Holy Trinity mystery. It's love. St. Augustine says this beautiful word. He says, God is a lover. God receives love. And God is love. That's the relationship of the Holy Trinity. So why do we celebrate this feast? The church is asking for a response. The church is asking for a response in our lives as Christians. Do we love? we love God? Do we love our neighbor? Do we emulate what this mystery of the Trinity, love between these three persons of the Holy Trinity, do we emulate this love? I wonder today, this question that we need to pose to ourselves, today when you came to Mass, was this an obligation Or was this an act of love? It's an act of love to come and worship. Because love 
is the only thing that we can give back to God. God pours out many, many gifts upon us, but the only thing the creature can return is love. And of course, it's not in the same measure. We can only give back a little bit because we're finite. God's infinite. This is what we're called to do, to love. Love God. Love our neighbor. How well do we live the life of the Trinity? Another thing, do we love God for God's sake? Or do we love God because he can give us something? God a dispenser of things, or do we just love God because he is God and we are not? This is the humility of the creature that we must have. There's a beautiful custom in the back of our church, we have the baptismal font. And I was watching some of the people come in, a beautiful custom, dipping our hands into the holy water, making the sign of the cross on our body, invoking the name of the Holy Trinity as we do that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This baptismal font, for all of us who have been washed in the waters of it, and who have had the name of the Holy Trinity invoked over us, this is the most important day of our life. And when we renew our baptism by putting our hands, saying the name of the Holy Trinity, we should be reminded of this fact that God loves us so much that he gave us a Savior and that we have the potential to be saints. Because at that moment of our baptism, all the graces that we need to be saints and get to heaven were infused in us. Faith, hope, and charity, all the moral virtues were infused in us. We became son and daughter of God the Most High. We became part of the Holy Trinity because the Holy Trinity took its place in our soul. We don't need to look for breadcrumbs through salvation history to know that the Trinity exists because it exists in us. Unless we turn from God, commit mortal sin, and cut ourselves off from the life of grace. God lives in us. Are we responding to that grace? Do we live that love? Do we know the Holy Trinity because Holy Trinity resides in us in that life of grace, that divine life of grace. That gospel, it says that we may have eternal life. That's what God wished when he sent his only son to save us, that we might have eternal life. Think about eternal life, it's heaven, right? But it's more. The divine life, the eternal life, means living the life of a saint. We all fall short. We're all sinners. Day, the celebration of the Most Holy Trinity, we remember that we're called to be saints and live the divine life here and now, to love God and love our neighbor. This is something to celebrate. St. Paul, in his reading from 2 Corinthians, says, Rejoice, rejoice. Mend your ways, encourage one another. 
agree with one another, live in peace, the God of love and peace will be with you. God is with you in the state of grace. This is a beautiful thing to celebrate. This is a capstone for this liturgical season. Next time you come to the waters of baptism, remind yourself, take a little time. Don't be uh, mechanical about putting your hand in the holy water. Remind yourself of what God has done for us in the waters of baptism, what he's done for us by coming to save us, what he's done for us to live a life of holiness and a life of sanctity.